Safety Chick Rules, the podcast with incredible stories of survivors, experts, and ordinary people doing extraordinary things, all with the mission to fight the bad guys. This isn't your ordinary true crime podcast. This one gives you the tools to live a safe and empowered life, fighting crime one tip at a time. Today's show is about ride sharing and the dangers that go along with it. 36% of people in the U.S. are using rideshare apps. Uber has 95 million monthly users in the U.S. and Lyft has 32 million users. 37% of 16 to 24-year-olds actively use rideshare in the United States. But just how safe are these rideshare services and what should you know before you hop into their car? My guest today is here to share invaluable insight to these services and has worked tirelessly to make ride-sharing safer for all users. Seymour Josephson is the father of Samantha Josephson, the University of South Carolina student who was brutally murdered by a man who was pretending to be a ride-share driver. Samantha mistakenly got into the car thinking he was her Uber driver, a common mistake made by hundreds of rideshare users every day. I always say this podcast is about ordinary people doing extraordinary things out of great tragedy. And Seymour embodies all of that and more. Seymour, thank you so much for being here today. And before we get started um, on all this, just tell me about Samantha. So Samantha was a... um, very bright, energetic, um, loving, funny young lady. Um, And I say this all the time, uh, the best way to describe Samantha was at her vigil up in uh, Robbinsville, New Jersey, our hometown. I would say about eight of her friends got up to speak and some of her other friends couldn't even get up to speak, but eight of those friends that got up to speak each one of them said that Samantha was her best friend. So to me, you know, I, <laughs> you're lucky to have one good friend uh, through your life. And there you have uh, eight of them and, and a couple more that didn't even get up. And each one of them felt the love and the friendship that she was able to give them. And she, what, what year was she um, at USC? She was to graduate uh, uh, that May. What was she majoring in? Uh, political science. Ah. So she, did- had a, she had a full scholarship to go to uh, Drexel Law School in Philadelphia. And that's so what she, she was going to go to. She want, she, did she want to be a lawyer? Yes. Yep. What, She's wanted to, she wanted to be a lawyer since she was a freshman. What, um, what type of lawyer did she want to be? She talked about helping others, being international, to uh, just wanted to be there for others um, and just make a, a name for herself and just helping. Um, so I don't know if there's really, truly at this point, at that point, she knew what she wanted to do exactly. So take us back to that horrible um night. And when we talked earlier, I told you, you know, I I remember that day vividly because unfortunately, March 29th, 2019 is also my birthday. 
And I remember hearing that she was, you know, what happened. And I just, um, you know, because of what I do and who I am, it just struck me that, you know, on my birthday that, you know, the, the just horrific, um, you know, and, and honestly, I can't tell you the number of times that I too have, you know, just opened up a, an Uber door and thinking it was mine with not checking the license. And they're like, you know, John, I'm like, no, it's got, you know, so, you know, this isn't, you know, some people might say, oh, you weren't paying attention, whatever. But, but the bottom line is it is, it is not unusual to be in a waiting area for rideshare where a car pulls up and it's the car that you think it is. And, and, you know, you open the door. So, Take us back to that night leading up to it, you know, kind of what you what you know, what you learned um, and then the events after. Um, leading up to it was that Samantha had called me um, that evening to use my credit card uh, for her Uber because hers somehow, some way never worked. So she always used <laughs> mine. I love that. That's very smart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, so she did that. And then uh, the next day, my wife got a call when she was at school from, uh, I believe, from Greg, her boyfriend, and, um, saying that Samantha was missing. She then called me and I'm like, get home now. We're going down. We're, we're going immediately. And I don't know what it was um, that made me say, get home now. We're, we're going to, we're packing a bag and either flying down or driving down. And, um, so she came home and at the meantime, I, I was on the phone with her roommates that were reporting her missing. Then, um, trying to track her on Uber, um, where she was and that she never got onto the, into the car. And it was really about trying to locate her and going through the Uber app, which was totally mind numbing and couldn't get through. We were talking to the police um, and Marcy got home and we literally just started, we threw stuff in a bag. I don't even know what we threw in a bag um, and started driving down. And I was still on the phone with the police for the first hour, hour and a half of the drive. Uh, with the Columbia Police Department. And um, the whole way down, we were on the phone with them or with others that were trying to help locate her. Um, I had a cousin that knew somebody in, in the South Carolina government um, and they were doing the searches and then somebody else in Homeland Security was doing the search. So we had so many people looking and trying to find her. Um, and then at the same time, driving down um, 11, 11 hours, 10, about 10 hours to 11 hours, um, just flying down there and uh, speaking to the Columbia Police Department. And then when we got there, they pulled us into a side room. Um, and we knew, I knew right away, well, I knew actually probably several hours before that this was not good from the conversation that I had with the police department. You know, you start putting things together. Um, I had a really bad feeling and I mumbled to myself, this is, this is not good. We knew that something was up right there and that's when they told us and we had spoken to Greg and some of her 
roommates saying that we're going straight to the police department. Why don't you meet us there? When they told us the hardest, one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do, excuse me, um, her older sister, Sydney, who was back in Robbinsville, watch dog and she had some aunts over and some cousins and she was with some of our friends and um that was the hardest call that i ever had to make oh my god yeah it's it's there you know there there are no words um for for any of this and you know sorry or that you know it just it's insane. It just doesn't, right. doesn't make any sense. And so. Then I had to tell the kids, I had to tell the kids that, you know, her roommates and her boyfriend, they were being questioned. So we had a call. We called Greg's parents. We called the other um, kids, friends, parents to get down here. And uh, breaking the news to, to the was extremely tough, but. Not, not as hard as uh, as telling Sydney. Yeah. On the phone, through the phone. Yeah. So, at, at, at what point did how did the police find out exactly what had happened? Well, when they found her, how, how how did they piece it back together and know? So, well, they had. Um, so they got a call from. The police department were located uh, about 60, 70 miles away from the campus. And they had put out Ebola. They had put out a you know, missing person um, to all of South Carolina. And um, so uh, when the, you know, with the description, pictures of her and different clothes that she would, was wearing. So when the turkey... F- uh, turkey hunters uh, found her, located her when they called the police and the police then called and said, I think we have a missing person that you're looking for. And that's when they went down to uh, or out to to the country to uh, locate her. And so and find her. so they, they, they found her, you know, miles away from where she was picked up. And then did they go back and was it through surveillance cameras that they saw the car or how did they? Actually, the kids, when searching for her, um, they knew the manager of the bar and they actually asked for the uh, video uh, of that night and uh, went through it and found her getting into that car. Um, So... you know, once they he went out of town, a couple miles out of town, they really didn't have uh, the ability to to track him. So they, um, you know, it was just thank God that the turkey the turkey hunters found Samantha. Right. Uh, how how long after she was abducted did they find her? Uh, like. Two o'clock, three o'clock um, on that Friday, I think it was. Wow. They found her wow. very quick. Yeah, that's really, I mean. Where they found her, she, 
it was out in, out in the country. Nobody really knew even how to get there. The police had a hard time even finding it because of GPS. And the guy that did it, um, he grew up two miles from that farm. Wow. I didn't realize that. Wow. So, um, you know, you had mentioned earlier, and, you know, I, I have known this flippin' Uber frustration as well, trying to get through when I've, you know, they've charged me for something or whatever, and you're trying to call those, get through to those numbers that, that go nowhere. There's no way, you know, contact us, and it's just, it's nothing. So describe to me how, you know, when you were calling Uber, what what information were you trying in that frenzy, in those moments? What were you trying to get? Trying to track her phone, trying to track her Uber which Uber was um, that picked her up, um, trying to get a hold of that Uber driver. So obviously that went nowhere it's because um, I was actually charged $5 for her, not for her missing. Oh God. On top of it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so that, that, you know, and, you know, and that's part of the problem. One of some of the things that we working, that we're working on, especially with the foundation and with the federal laws that we're trying to create is all that and the technology and, and, and trying to confirm the rides before getting into the car. Right. And that's, you know, listen, I, I couldn't tell you the difference between a Ford Focus and a Chevy Impala. And so I know Samantha couldn't. And um, so, you know, when you're pulling up, car pulls up and it looks like a black car, you're going to, you know, just happens, right all, happens all the time. You're waiting for that. It pulls up. It kind of look, you know, the person inside, the driver inside is looking at you, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, nodding at you, of course. Yeah. You know? and, 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 and to even throw a little light onto this, so Uber did a study uh, from 2016 to 2017, and they reported over 6,000 incidents that were reported. Just reported. Over 6,000. And... <laughs> 19 deaths in a two-year span. 19 deaths, 19 murders? Yes. Wow. Yeah. That doesn't get out much. No. And this is, so, I mean, yeah. Uber and Lyft are the two largest ones in North America. But right. there are about right. two other companies in North America, believe it or not. You just don't know them. They're smaller. They're uh, regionalized. So... That's a to me. That's a startling, uh, incredibly startling, incredibly startling. And that's you know, um, I, I know that you you know my my colleague and and dear friend Paul Violas. I know you've done his show as well. And Paul and I have done many shows on the um, unsafe nature of ride sharing. The, the, the mm. public does not understand that when you, when these drivers, you know, there is no random drug testing. There is no solid, good background checks on these drivers. And, you know, 
I, I think I read something where you said this, but I, I say the same thing. You know, we teach our kids not to get in cars with strangers, not to talk to strangers, not to get in a car, you know, whatever. And then here we are in this day and age. You know, I have three boys. They're all, you know, some are college age, a couple of them are a little bit older. And that is all they use. That is their main source of getting around is, you know, two of them live in Manhattan. So mm-hmm. it's it's Uber or Lyft. Now, do you realize that you're getting into a car with somebody that you don't know is drunk, on drugs, is a felon? No idea. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll get into, I, I want to hear all about, you know, all the laws and, and the mm-hmm. foundation that you started because, you know, out of great tragedy comes greatness that, that you and your wife have done. And it's, it's, it's amazing work. But I just want to go back because it takes something like what happened to Samantha, like the other 19 pff, that you and I both know, there's way more that haven't been reported. Um, than that within the rideshare communities, right? right. Um, but we've got to that. That's what this 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 show. You know, now that schools are opening back up, kids are going back to campus. I mean, you know, the world is opening up again. So here we go again. And so this information needs to be brought to light. Lyft, Uber, and all the other you know group rideshare companies that you're talking about, they got to wake up. And by the way, putting a stupid nine one one on their app is not it. Because if I can go in and call 911 on Uber and the Uber app, why aren't I just calling 911 on my phone? That's a Band-Aid on a solution that needs to be corrected by getting strict, just like a taxi driver. I mean, if you're a taxi cab driver and you own a medallion, your drivers have to get random drug tested. They do thorough backgrounds on those guys. What is the difference between why is Uber and Lyft and other rideshare companies not having to... Um, you know, have their drivers to the same standards as a taxi driver. I don't understand that. So they always say, well, they're a 1099, right? They're not employees of the company. And How much money are those drivers making that company? It's making the company, correct. That's, that's a completely different story. And that's something completely different because you're talking about the medallions and the uh, and the taxi drivers in the cities, and yeah, I mean, their their prices have dropped and worthless now to degree because of the Ubers and the Lyfts. But the 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 Ubers and the Lyfts really um, are about making the money and really um, and benefiting from that. Um, with no, account, with no accountability or responsibility, as you saw, I mean, it's kind of like a hands-off approach. Like you just said, oh, we're 10, they're 1099, you know, employees. They're not really working for, and, you know, this is all on their watch. So let's talk about, you know, um, again, my background was I was a stalking victim and kidnapped and, you know, I, years I was um, a victim and there were no laws on the books that made stalking a felony or, you know, any of that. So after I was kidnapped, I was contacted by a state senator that was trying to pass the state and nation's first anti-stalking laws and had me go up and testify in front of the state Senate, which I 
you know, gladly did and I sunk my teeth into, much like you, through tragedy, it was like so frustrating to me that I thought this is something that I can do to help with this problem. That, you know, and that's why, you know, I love having you on today because it's the same vein. You saw a need out of tr incredible tragedy. You saw this need. So what was the impetus? You know, mine, I got a call from Ed Royce, right? So what prompted you to get involved in this way? Well, I, at the visual, I made it uh, my mission never to have have this happen again, or at least slow it down to a certain degree. The sexual assaults and the murders. Um, I when I was up at in uh, Robbinsville, that I, I mentioned that, and then in South Carolina, I mentioned it, and then I was lucky enough to get a letter from uh, our congressman, local congressman Chris Smith. And he um, said that he wanted to help and that he would love to speak to me. So him and his chief of staff came over and sat with us for a couple hours uh, and, uh, at our house. And I knew right away that um, both like South Carolina, they were trying to create laws immediately, North Carolina, New Jersey, and I just, I just didn't want a law to be created locally. You know, it's nice to have something called Sammy's Law, and it's nice to be, to have our name associated with that. But I didn't want something that was really fluff, for better words, lack of better words. I wanted something with, with teeth in it. And like with South Carolina was, was good, you know, with the signage and those type of things. And New York was working on something in it. But the federal law and what New Jersey did are two totally different things uh, from everybody else, where New Jersey's using QR codes to get uh, to confirm the ride before getting in. Um, and that's using technology. That's technology that's already out there. The federal law is that as well, but it's taking it one step up further from the QR codes. Um, and it's putting a commission together to talk about what, how the industry is going and do recommendations to the Secretary of Transportation. So I was lucky to have Chris Smith come to my house and really start guiding me and uh, really didn't know what I was in for. I know, <laughs> neither did I, trust me. They they get you and, and once they get you, you're everywhere. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's not, it's good. But it's, it's, you don't realize the different agendas. Exactly right. I never understand because, you know, being a, exactly the, the poster child for the stocking laws and all the different lobbying, all the dog and ponies, I'm like, how do laws even get passed? Republican, Democrat, all the rigmarole. I mean, it is, it's something that, you know, people don't really understand what really goes on to get these types of legislation and laws passed. Yeah, I mean, we've had, I can't tell you how many meetings I've had with, uh, with Congress, Congress men and women and uh, with the Senate. Um, it's, we've probably have had, I would say 30 to 40 meetings um, from each of the uh, four corners of, of the House and the Senate, uh, meeting with them and having their support from Nancy Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi, to Kevin McCarthy, Mitch McConnell, and, and Schumer. They all supported this. Um, and it was nice to get that. And it was nice to pass 
in uh, last year we passed the House um, in Congress that unanimously bipartisan bill. What what? How does which, the bill read? Yeah. What 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 are the um, stipulations well, it's, of it's the law? Yeah, it's all broken up into different parts, but it's really the main, there's a couple main parts of it. One is to have a panel of uh, of like 14, I'm sorry, not 14, 15 individuals, and that will compromise the rideshare um, companies um, in that industry, and then it would have organizations like my, my organization, and then uh, representing, and then a couple of others, and then it would have um, federal uh people that are representing. So it's a whole makeup of different folks of that for that commission. But the really the main thing for me, and they would also do a study, a geo study. But the main part for me is that, and we had this with Uber and Lyft, we brought them into the negotiations to do all this. And we all agreed to have uh, the, the main part of the bill be about technology. And we all agreed that there has to be a confirmation before getting into the car. And right. that was a big thing uh, between my wife and I was that we want to have this confirmed before getting into the car. Because once you're in the car, it's too late. And like with Samantha, the back door locks were engaged. Right. So, and, I, and I'm telling you that meetings and meetings and meetings with Uber and Lyft because they're the two largest ones, and with their product team of going back and forth, you know, we finally got their buy-in and we finally um, uh, agreed upon what the technology needed to be on the basic level and then ramp up to whatever other technology they want to, but it would have to go through the commission um, for approval. Um, and making sure that they hit all the basic standards on there. So where are where are you on that? Where are they on that technology wise? How far well, away well, are we from we are now that? Very, we're very far away now. So it passed the House unanimously bipartisan. It went to the Senate. It passed the Democrat side unanimously. It then went to the Republican side, and Rand Paul held it up. What was the the reason? Well, what was uh, his reason? So he would not speak to me. He would not meet with me. Um, he told uh, our congressman and chief of staff that his wife uses an Uber when she gets in, or a rideshare car when she gets into a car uh, into DC, and she's never had any issues. And there doesn't need to be a law. Wow. Meet with me, um, and I guess he's waiting for something to personally affect him. Um, it's unfortunate. Very unfortunate. Uh, so we then were going to be put into the last bill, the omnibus bill in December under President Trump. Uh, Mark Meadows uh, said, absolutely. Donald Trump then spoke to our congressman and he said, absolutely. On a Friday, Saturday, we heard rumors. Sunday, we got a call saying, take it out. And we never heard why. That's so politics. Now, That's politics. We, so we were basically one vote away from getting past in there um, and uh, going on a solo without putting into a larger bill that they do, you know. Um, yep. So we're now back into another round. It's sitting at the house with uh, Speaker Pelosi and going back and forth with the DOT. 
Um, they are supposed to be setting up meetings for me to come down either this month or in September to start meeting with uh, uh, Speaker Pelosi and um, uh, Kevin McCarthy and all the, the groups um, with that are involved in it. And, um, and then we're trying to also set up meetings with the uh, president and the vice president to get their buy-in. Well, I... You know, like I said, I, I have no idea how laws get passed. Republican, Democrat, it's all the same. It's all political. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, you know, that's why people like you, people like me, you know, real people need to stay in there and speak up and speak out because, you know, that is what can be the impetus. That is what makes the difference. So the work that you've done thus far, keep it up. And I know it's frustrating and, who, you know, you're just kind of throwing up your hands going, what? But stay in it and stay it's with it. Yeah, yeah. And it's very frustrating, especially when um, when we had letters of support from both Uber and Lyft in the House. And then when they go to the Senate, um, they went lobbying. Um, one of the two groups went lobbying behind our backs. Oh, yeah. Leaving the, uh, the law. Right. Right. We should, be happy. we should be happy that we passed the law within the, uh, the House. Right. And and again, I, I appreciate and that that's so recently, a few weeks ago, um, you know, her her murderer was just sentenced to life. Um, mm -hmm. That's got to I don't I don't know how that makes you feel. But um, is it a sense of closure is a sense of, you know, finally, um, you know, obviously it doesn't remedy the pain and the loss. Um, yeah, we honestly didn't want to even want to go through it um, because now whatever little bandaid we had on it is now totally ripped off and, and it's, and it's probably 10 times worse because now we know yeah, and we've heard information than we ever wanted to know and hear. Um, so it's, you know, my wife is having, an extremely, extremely hard time. Uh, matter of fact, she had to walk out of the room. Um, I, I can't even, yeah. I can't even imagine. I mean, this is, uh, you know, you always yeah. hear it, every, every parent's worst nightmare. But, you know, the one thing that, that you got to take is, you know, Samantha and everybody, everybody in this country knows her name. Everybody in this country knows what happened and more importantly, what you're doing, the work that you're doing, you know, keeps her, her memory and, you know, the good positive that can be taken out of this alive. Um, yeah, and, and save good. and save countless others. That's why this law needs to pass. That's why this, that's why awareness keeps, needs to keep being uh, mm -hmm. raised. Because this, Samantha will not be the last. No. I mean, th this, this will happen again. So wake up out there, people. Um, you know, Uber, Lyft, they get, a, they get a free skate. I don't like it. I mean, there needs to be these guidelines in place. They're you're exactly right with technology. I'm still going back to the background checks. It really bothers me that you can get into a car with someone that you don't know that's been drinking or, or doing drugs or whatever. That's, that's a problem. Well, yeah, I, I agree on that. That's one of the things, but like with Samantha, this was about 
getting into a car that was impersonating an Uber. Correct. Right? Correct. Exactly so, right. So when, you back, when you go back to the technology part of confirming that that's your driver before you get into eliminates and will eliminate on both sides for the passenger as well as for the driver of making sure that they have the right person and you have the right person. Now, on the flip side of that, you have what you're bringing up is the background checks and the continued background checks and making sure that that's the car. That, that's another issue. That's another uh, thing that they have to deal with. Um, right. And, and, and honestly, we didn't even even touch that. Um, and, and we had a hard enough time coming, agreeing on technology. We were talking about having, there's 19 states that don't have front license plates. And we said that if you're going to particip participate in the TNC um, rideshare network, then you should front license plates because that's what you, one of the things you put on your app is to check the license plate. The license plate. plate. Exactly. Exactly. And well, we didn't, couldn't even you, Well, as I said, well, you, you got to keep fighting. We got to keep, you know, we'll do yeah. more on this and we'll keep watching. So tell us about um, the What's My Name Foundation. Yeah, so we started the What's My Name Foundation almost immediately, pretty, pretty quick. It seemed immediately the next day, but probably a couple of weeks, a month later. And it's really about educating the world on rideshare safety because the things that are not, and even if they are there, they still need to be educated on the rideshare industry of checking the license plates, checking the car, checking who, making sure you're getting into the right car, asking what's my name sharing your details that they all want you to do, but you know, it's, it's about teaching, keeping Samantha's memory. Part of it is selfishly. Yes, it's to help others, but selfishly, I get to talk about Samantha. That's great. I get to keep her in the forefront. So, so that's a selfish thing. I don't need to do this. I would probably, I would probably be better off not doing this and for recovery wise. It's also healing, uh, you know, it, you know, and with time, with you're, you're doing something that's positive. It yes. It is specific, talking about it. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you how I feel when I get across the finish line of the, of the law, um, get to that far. If it, if it helps and if it's made a difference. Um, but it's really, I do this for the foundation and it's about keeping her name. It's about educating the world on rideshare safety. We've been very lucky uh, where we just have put out several PSAs and having Jason Alexander, having Bob Saget, Darius Rucker, uh, Joe Gadman, Practical Joker, having, um, uh, Ross Colton, who plays in the NHL, who was in just won the Stanley Cup. He's from Robbinsville. He he actually he actually went to school with Samantha uh, wow. for middle school. Um, working with the New York Yankees, um, we were just played um, at the Major League Baseball All Star Weekend in the game. We, we were able to play the video, the uh, the PSAs there. Um, 
So it's really about just getting out information, getting it out and having these series. We're going to have Paul Rudd is doing a, a PSA later on this month. So it's, it's about getting it out there and getting the kids to see it. Um, well, it's I safety. I mean, personal safety. It's what I, it's what I do for a living, right? It's, right. it's personal safety always needs to be top of mind. These are issues. These are real safety issues that by you doing this, by you creating the foundation, by you creating those PSAs, you know, you don't know. Somebody could be at that baseball game or some, you know, that that you might have just saved because, oh, it triggers. Oh, you know what? You're right. I'm going to I better, you know, check the license plate. I better double check. I mean, those are the kinds of things you're doing invaluable, true, invaluable work in Samantha's honor by creating the What's My Name Foundation. So yeah, we, we just put out signs at Newark International Airport. We were just uh, perfect. Interested. Yeah, you know, that every concourse at Newark International. It should be at every airport. It should be. I mean, absolutely. I'll help you with that. Okay. So, you know, um, with these podcasts, you go to to my website, safetychick.com. And on the, your episode, I will have um, your foundation website, how to get a hold of you. And for everybody out there um, that wants to help with the organization, help get the word out, um, you know, in their own towns. Um, I think it would be great for them to work with you because, you know, safety in numbers, the more in numbers, I mean, getting the word out, um, is, is fantastic. I, I, (laughs) (laughs) so I just, I am so again, honored, um, that you are here today telling this incredible story. Um, tragic, uh, no words for it, but at the same time, what has come out of it, truly you, your, your wife, uh, Samantha's legacy will have saved countless number of, of people taking rideshare. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Before you get into the car, look for the Uber or Lyft sign on the car. Check the license plate number and the make of the vehicle to make sure that that is your driver. Ask them, before you get into the car, who they are picking up. Ask them what your destination is to make sure they have the correct info before you get into the car. Make sure your door is unlocked and do not lock it. If you feel uncomfortable in any way, ask the driver to stop, get out, and call 911 immediately. So, what an incredible story. And again, if you want to be involved, if you want to get involved, if you want to help out with the organization, get the word out about Rideshare, um, go to my website, safetychick.com, check out the episode on Rideshare, and um, you know, connect. Any questions, DM me at Instagram, at thesafetychick.com. Um, uh, Twitter at the safety chick, Facebook, Kathleen Gallagher, the safety chick, safetychick.com. Reach out. Till next time.